Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, Building a Sales Process for Repeatable Success. Make sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 370. That's a fun number. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and I am so excited to speak with today's guest. He has been just such a fun conversation partner every time we've talked. He's the founder of The Business of Story, helping clients excel through the stories they tell. He also hosts a podcast by the same name, The Business of Story. He's a prolific speaker and coach, and he built his career in marketing strategy and consulting, including running his own marketing firm for about 20 years. He is based near Phoenix. Welcome to the show, Mark Cowell. Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really glad that you could join me. And I'd like just to start with a simple question. I just shared a bit of your bio, but you are a lot more than your bio. So could you introduce yourself to our listeners? <laughs> oh, well, sure. And you did a heck of a good job with that, by the way. But uh, you're right. I've been in the sales, branding, marketing world for 35 plus years and ran my own ad agency for 20 of those years. Really really focused on branding, brand development for both sales and marketing. And then I found storytelling as kind of a lifeboat. And that is because in the early 2000, you know, 2000 aughts, um, we had seen our traditional advertising marketing campaigns not be nearly as effective as they had been before. Even our branding took a hit. And it all had to do with the advent, of course, with the interwebs and e-commerce and social media. And I like to say that, you know, our, our customers, our clients used to own the influence of mass media, but the masses had become the media and it completely turned the tables on how to communicate out there. And so I went in search for an answer. I went to Hollywood of all places. We had our middle child, our son Parker, going to film school at Chapman University over in Orange, California, very prominent film school. And he spent the next 12 years after graduating in Hollywood and has since moved on to uh, Austin, Texas, where he does virtual reality filmmaking. But um, while he was there, Elizabeth, I said, send me your books since I'm paying for them, because I would like to know <laughs> what Hollywood knows about being effective storytellers. And that's what really kicked my whole career in gear in storytelling, I realized, of course, we had been doing it intuitively up to that point, but not intentionally. And once we moved to using these frameworks we learned from Hollywood, our work, both online and off, got way more impactful. We were moving the needle way more. And so I fell in love with these frameworks and I decided I was going to teach the rest of the world what I learned about this so that we can all do a much better job of hacking through the noise and hooking into the hearts of our customers. That that makes so much sense. And I, I love hearing the story in your own words because I think we've all seen how things have changed. We've all experienced it in different ways. But the fact that you were focused on, you know, advertising and connecting the right buyers to the right companies and you saw that the way that happened was changing and the the way you know the buyers were experiencing it and the way these these companies the sellers were experiencing it was really different and when it comes to having a model 
when it comes to the idea of storytelling, I think there are a lot of mixed messages that people get. Because if you were to Google model for storytelling, you know, thousands and thousands of different options are going to come up and it can get pretty complicated. And people might find that there are really, you know, lots and lots of steps involved or there are parts of it that maybe they're not sure if they're relevant in a business context. So I know you have a really simple framework that you use and an approach that's easier to understand than maybe some of the models out there. So can you kind of describe maybe how you got to a simple model of storytelling and kind of honing down into the key elements required for an effective story in this context? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question because I backed into it. I mean, I, I started with the complexity of the hero's journey, you know, Joseph Campbell's monomyth, which depending on who you read and believe, is it 12 to 17 step story system? And when I saw it, when our son was going to school, I'm like, you know what? This is super powerful. It's like a story strategy. And I thought to myself, why don't they teach this in business, especially in sales, marketing and branding, because I could see the absolute power in it. So I took it from Hollywood and I mapped it to business and what is my 10 step story cycle system. And I've used it. That was the very first tool I used. And we were building brands with it, their brand narrative and brand stories. And it was hugely effective. I mean, we grew our very first company with it that we worked with, uh, Adelante Healthcare, and they grew by 600%. And Naveen Sati Tafoya, the CEO at the time of Adelante, will say it's because they followed this process. But the problem is with that process, it's complicated. It takes me or someone trained but to take you by the hand through it. And then it can be very, very effective. My hope was I could create a process that anybody could do. And you can if you want to invest the time in it. But in the studying of that, then I started boiling my 10 steps down and I found this five, these five primal elements of a short story for big impact, which was kind of, it was very meta because it comes from the 10 step process. But now we have just these five little elements that you can use to tell a story in under one minute to make your business point for you. And Elizabeth, I found even that was a little bit complicated for some people. And that's fine because, you know, look, at we're not screenwriters out there. We are business people, sales and marketing people. We're trying to have an impact as quickly as possible. And then about 10 years ago, 2013, I learned about the and, but therefore what we call now the ABT, the ABT Agile Narrative Framework. And I learned about it from now a really good friend of mine, Dr. Randy Olson. Dr. Olson is a Harvard-trained PhD evolutionary biologist turned Hollywood filmmaker. He directed, wrote, produced three documentaries on climate change and global warming, but has written about seven books now teaching scientists in academia. academia. What he learned from Hollywood about communicating their big, complex ideas in very simple ways. And all of his work now boils down to this and, but therefore. I learned about it in the second book called Connection. When I read that, it was like from the branding, sales, and marketing world, I'm like, oh my God, this is like the holy grail. Could it really be that effective? 
And then I started doing some deep diving on this Anbut, therefore, and realized it's been around since the very first recorded story of Gilgamesh. You will find it through all iconic speeches, including the Gettysburg Address, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream. Virtually every nursery rhyme is based off the ABT or the and, but therefore structure. And that's when I said, aha, this is the secret potion I've been looking for. I didn't invent it. It's been around since the beginning of time, but my job is to take it. And what I've did is worked with Randy and translated his work from the science, evolution, and academic world into the business world. And now that's all I teach you know, around the world is I start with the end, but therefore, then level people up to the five primal elements. And then those who are interested go on to the 10-step story cycle system. But really, it all begins with the ABT. I'm so glad you shared that whole story and that whole progression, because that that really does resonate. You know, if you have the time and the ability to go through a 17-step or 10-step process and really articulate a story, that's very powerful. But if I'm a salesperson, a sales leader in an organization, if I'm an owner, a CEO, uh, a marketer, and I want to tell our brand story, it, you know, to somebody I'm meeting, I'm not going to remember 17 steps in my head or 10 steps in my head, right? And it can be difficult to to take the time. You know, that's one of those things where maybe you, you pull out in an all-day retreat and you guys are working on, <laughs> let's put together five stories or two stories or one story. But a simple three-step model is something you can do in conversation. If you get it, you can craft a story literally while you're talking to somebody. And that's a much more usable model to have for for how people are. And so I, I love that you kind of identified this and then you're translating it into the world of business, the world of sales, the world of marketing. Yeah, and it's fun because you see the lights go off in people's heads when they start learning the ABT. And what Randy, Dr. Olson, and I learned is what it does when you practice the ABT is it builds this narrative intuition. And what I mean by that, Elizabeth, is that so many people in sales, marketing, and especially the business world speak in non-narrative ways. And what I mean by that is they never get out of exposition or they never get out of act one. It's and this, and, 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 and. We end up anding our audiences to death. So with the and, but therefore, you get one and. And then you throw in the big but. And I know a lot of people might even recoil and say, Park, I was told never to use the word but in business communication. And I say, that's true if you are like coaching someone, you know, and you're saying, gee, Elizabeth, it's so great to have you on the team. You've been here a year now. You're such a huge contributor. Everybody loves your work, the work you're doing here, but well, I've just negated <laughs> everything that I just said about you, you know, so they're right. You don't want to use it there. However, or, but if you are trying to move a prospect out of status quo, meaning you are trying to shake up their world and then get them to buy into whatever it is you're selling, it could be a product, it could be a service. It could be your vision, your mission. Maybe it's an initiative. Maybe it's getting them to fund something for you. You have to shake them out of status quo because our first reaction, our negativity bias as homo sapiens is going to be, no, we can't possibly do that. We don't have the time. We don't have the money. What's the learning curve? Oh my gosh, we tried that before. It didn't work before. Well, the only way you overcome those objections is with a better 
story. No amount of data, no amount of numbers are going to persuade them emotionally to see the world your way. So that's where the story comes in. And you don't want to and, 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 and them to death. You want to say, look, I know this is important to you, or this is what you're looking for. And it's important to you because of this, but you don't currently have it because of this. Therefore, imagine what tomorrow's going to look like when we get you there by doing this. Set up problem resolution. I essentially just took you through the three forces of story of agreement. Here's what you want, and here's why it's important to you. Yes, Mark, you're right. That's exactly what we want. Agreement leads to contradiction, plot twist, but you don't have it. And here's the contradicting information why you don't have that, which then begs that limbic subconscious brain and say, well, what do we do about it? Close this story loop for me, Park. Therefore, imagine what it's going to be like when you get this by doing this with us. And the brand, the salesperson, you know, the product or service offering does not come in until the very end of the end, but therefore. It always starts with your customer from their point of view, what it is they want, why it's important to them, but why don't they have it? Therefore, what will a brighter tomorrow look like when they get it through how you are uniquely equipped to help them get that? That's, I was going to ask you to explain it and you you did it so clearly and simply. Can I give you an example? Maybe that would be a, the, one of the best ways to go. Absolutely. That's the next thing I was going to ask for. You read my mind. For all the, okay, for all your listeners out there, you know, especially in the sales world, here's a great example. About a year ago, I was online doing a virtual training for Sharp Electronics and about 130 of their sales and marketing team. And I was walking them through the and but therefore. And typically, Elizabeth, all I have to do is go to someone's uh, landing page on their website. And I'm going to do show them a before and after. Here's what you currently have. Watch what happens when you change it to an ABT. So even any of your listeners out there, if you've got a landing page or a homepage right now that's really not cranking for you the way you want it to, see if you can't turn it into an ABT because you're going to see how much more powerful it is. So for instance, this particular landing page has a picture of one of the big, huge, expensive copying you know, systems. It says document systems up top in the headline. And then here's what they say in the body copy. For years, Sharp Document Products and Solutions have been earning high praise and prestigious awards from leading MFP testing organizations. For Sharp, this represents more than just an accumulation of accolades. It means that trusted industry experts as well as customers recognize that the remarkable innovation, user-friendly design, outstanding reliability, unsurpassed security, and boundless expandability of sharp digital MFPs and copier printers truly exemplify the company's unwavering commitment to quality and excellence. So what do we have there? We have non-narrative, blah, 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 and, 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 all about us, 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 us. Aren't we marvelous? It's sharp pounding their chest. And guess what? Nobody cares. It's completely written from the brand's standpoint. And it's so non-narrative and wordy that they're going to lose their audience in the first sentence. So feel the difference when you take basically this content, cut it almost by two thirds and make it an and, but therefore from your reader's perspective, your website visitor's perspective, your prospect's perspective. So here's what I wrote for them. Shorter runs, quicker turnaround times, 
complete control over your in-house printing. It's what you want. But your productivity is currently stuck on pause. Therefore, Sharp Digital MFPs and copier printers will have you printing like a pro with our industry-leading innovation, user-friendly design, and outstanding reliability. Period. End of report. So it's written from the audience's perspective, what it is they want, but they currently don't have it because they're stuck on pause. And that pause can hopefully elicit any sort of thing in their heads. It's complicated. We're running out of toner. It just doesn't work. Whatever that pause is, is that, you know, a ubiquitous pause. You need more efficiency. Therefore, Sharp is here to help you get that. Here's the kicker. So you can already feel the difference, right? Yeah, that long blah, 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 blah. Absolutely. Now you've got a story. It's using the three forces of story. Agreement, contradiction, consequence. Our pattern-seeking, cause-and-effect, decision-making, limbic-buying brain loves information delivered to it in an and but therefore. Set up problem resolution. Well, the very next day, the sponsor that brought me into this uh, training got an email from one of her top national sales leaders. And he said, I have been trying to crack the code on this one customer for almost six months. And I have been in there time and again, I got nowhere, but I took Parks ABT, literally just lifted it from the presentation, put it at the very beginning of his sales presentation, which he said then got him way more focused on the message. So he found a singular narrative, which is really, really super important. Um, and within an hour, he had closed the deal. And he goes, I don't know what's in that little magical formula, but the only thing I did differently was to use the ABT. So that's an example where it even helps you cross that gap between marketing hyperbole, which you heard here with the first rendition of it, to what sales actually has to use and say in the field. Absolutely. And um, thank you for sharing that that specific example, because I think a lot of times we introduce a concept and it kind of makes sense as you're, as you're talking through it. Maybe somebody's taking notes. I've heard some people take notes when they listen to podcasts. <laughs> right. But then you try to do it and maybe you didn't catch it exactly as designed. One thing I want to hone in on you specifically used the words and, but, and therefore in the story that you shared. Is it important to use those words or can you communicate those same concepts using different words? Well, we know, and, and, and by we, I mean Dr. Olson, his team and, and me is coming along for the ride. They did a bunch of studying on this. We know that and is, you know, pretty much used all the time. We're all like and, 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 and. So it work and it can be implied in there sometimes. But I'm like, if you're first using the ABT, use the darn word and. We know that the word but is the single biggest trigger word in the English language. When you hear yes. the word but, you know, we know there's a plot twist that opens up the story loop that now our brain demands we close the story loop. That, of course, sets up your CTA found in your therefore. But instead of using the word but, you can use however, and you can use yet. And there's any number of different euphemisms you can use there if it feels too, you know, stilted. And I've got a funny little anecdote for you there. And then therefore is often just implied. Sometimes I just use words. Now you can do this. Um, let me give you an, an example of this where it's implied so often. If you go, and I'm right now I'm going to ask any one of your listeners to pull up in their mind their favorite nursery rhyme. 
Elizabeth, I'll ask you, do you have a nursery rhyme when I say what nursery rhyme pops to mind right now? What is that? Oh, my goodness. As soon as you give me a prop, my brain goes goes blank. <laughs> um, I do love uh, like Rockabye Baby, I guess. How's that, how's that That's go? A, so Rockabye Baby on the treetop, when, uh, when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall and down will come baby cradle and all, which is creepy and disturbing once I say but it out loud slowly. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it set up problem resolution? It's, it's agreement, contradiction, and consequence, but they don't use the end, but therefore, but the story framework is there. So rock by baby on the treetop, when the wind blows, the cradle will rock, right? And then what's the next part? And when the, but when the bow Boundary. breaks, but so there's the problem. So we've got this setup. Now we've got the problem, but when the bow the breaks, cradle the cradle will fall. And the consequence of that, down will fall, baby, cradle and all. Set up problem resolution. Yep. Here, let's do another one. Um, little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, eating her curds in a way. Along came a spider who sat down beside her, frightened Miss Muffet away. So. There's no and, but therefore yep. there, but it's all implied. <laughs> the story structure's there. Little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet and she was eating her curds and whey. But here's the contradiction. Along came a spider who sat down beside her and our brain begs, well, what happened next? Therefore frightened Miss Muffet away. So you see this yep. form has been around since the beginning of time. Um, I was mentioning, I was doing some work with a veterinarian association a very large group, and I was working with their sales and marketing people and their writers. And one of the young ladies in there was a writer. And after a, the first round of training, we were in uh, training number two, she said to me, well, Park, you know, I'm a journalism major and I've been writing my whole life and I could see how the ABT might be effective, but it feels really stilted to me. Therefore, I'm not going to use it and I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing. <laughs> And I started cracking up because I thought she was pulling, you know, having some fun on me. And we were on a Zoom session and I looked at all the faces on the screen and nobody reacted to it. And they all looked at me like, why was I laughing? And I realized nobody got it. And I said, Sally, <laughs> do you realize what you just did? Because I don't know what you're talking about, man. And I said, you just used, naturally used the ABT to tell me why you would never use the ABT in your writing. <laughs> she didn't realize it. And she started laughing. Everybody started laughing. And she says, wow, I guess this is a little bit more powerful than I thought. <laughs> it's as you said, it's just it's the natural way we talk to people. Something that I find that's really funny about the idea of storytelling is if I were to tell you, tell me a story, a lot of people might find that intimidating. They might freeze like I froze when you when you asked me to tell you a nursery <laughs> rhyme. And it can be just kind of a mental block where we think, oh, it's difficult. I have to, I have to have a model in my head. I have to really think about this and it has to be a perfect story. But if you were to look at the conversations that you've had with your your partner or your spouse or your best friend and your colleague at work explaining why you might not want to use a, a model that they that they are recommending, whatever it might be. You're telling stories nonstop. Easy. And it's it's how we communicate with others. And the model of just simply the and, but therefore, it's a specific kind of story, right? It's a story where something happens. 
Uh, sometimes there are stories, I guess, that we're telling and we're just kind of describing <laughs> a situation. There's not necessarily a but or a therefore in there. But the power of this is anytime you're in a in a sales context, anytime you're in a business development marketing context, you need to be identifying these contrasts. You need to be identifying that there's a there's a desired place that people want to be, but they're not there. And if you just leave it there, as you said, that's that's our brain fills in the gap. It's like if you're if you're watching a movie or a TV show and they have a cliffhanger at the end of the episode, you know, so you saw all this happen, all this happen, all this happen, and then our, our hero and heroine are stranded somewhere, or we're we're not sure what happened next, and we're just waiting for the therefore. We're waiting to see what was the result. The, you know, the call didn't come through like it was supposed to. And what happened to the people that were there? You know, they're they're stranded somewhere, something like that. And it creates such desire to know what happened next. As soon as you get that conflict, as soon as you get that but, you're just desiring and 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 searching for what's the therefore, what's the what's the result of that. And and it's just it's a primal kind of human need to hear it. And I think we we don't always realize that that same thing that keeps you watching the next episode of the show right after you watch the last one because of the cliffhanger is something that we're creating naturally through the simple model of storytelling. You hit it on the head because as a salesperson, what you want to do is invite your audience into the story with a shared vision. So the story's about them and you're demonstrating to them that you understand what it is they want and why it's important to them. So you get them nodding. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. But now here's the big problem, the chasm, the gap, that what you've got to do to close, to bridge that gap in order to get it. And you want to draw as much contrast between that and statement of agreement and that but statement of, but here's the problem, because that then builds the tension in your story loop. So you've invited them in. Now you're going to build tension and open that story loop wide open so that their subconscious decision-making limbic brain is saying, oh my God, Elizabeth, well, what happened next? Or how did this happen? What, 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 you know, what was the outcome of this? Well, of course, in sales, the outcome is your CTA. Here's what we can do to help you get there. Now, quite often when you're using an ABT, it's not necessarily a story, but it uses the three forces of story to hook your audience immediately getting them leaning in in under 15 seconds of this problem-solution dynamic, and then you will share a little anecdotal story that makes your business point for you, which actually is an expanded ABT. We take the three words at the end, but they're four, and we expand it to the five primal elements of a short story for big impact, which the first three elements fall in the and statement um, of agreement. The, the fourth element is the but, but here's act two, here's where the action took place, here was the surprising outcome, whatever happened, and then the final therefore is the aha moment. Like, oh, here's what we learned from that, or here's the business point we're trying to make. Now, you can use the ABT like a, in, in, in the five primal elements of a short story for big impact, like a one-two punch, like a boxer would use. You hook your audience with that ABT, so they know exactly what you're solving for in this meeting, in this communication or whatever. And then you reel them in with this little anecdotal story that, again, you can tell in under one minute. Now, you've just used two extraordinarily powerful narrative frameworks on your prospect in under 
90 seconds to gain their attention, mm-hmm. build their um, interest in what you have to say, and to start building trust with them so that they trust you as a storyteller. Then and only then can you start backfilling with numbers, charts, graphs, and that kind of thing. Because what happens is we buy with our emotional head, with our hearts, and then we justify that purchase with logic and reason. Who is it? Michael Hyatt, a famous, famous uh, U.S. sociologist and researcher said, our brains are story processors, not logic processors. So deliver your information, starting with an ABT, using that framework, when need be, follow it up with a little anecdotal story that shows your business point in action. Then and only then do you roll out the numbers and start leveling up into the logic brain because you've already got them bought in with that emotional brain. Absolutely. I'd love to hear maybe a little bit about that transition from the the emotional to the logical. I can think of a lot of clients that I've worked with over the years who've sold something that had a really a really strong emotional hook, whether it was a healthcare benefit that everybody hears about it and they're like, oh my goodness, yes, that's a problem that that I experienced, that my team experiences, whatever, and and that means a lot. Or it's a service that is providing just a, a significant problem solve. I, I I remember a client that offered a product that did something nobody else on the market was able to do. And as soon as people heard about it, they were just so excited that it offered this functionality. And so you get that connection, you get the the emotional hook, but then how do you actually transfer to the data, right? Even the story you shared earlier, the example with Sharp, is there specific information from that first word salad? (laughs) that you actually do need to share in the process. Um, how, how do you actually go about that transition? Because I, from what I've seen with people, that's where they really struggle. You don't want to just like, okay, I am done with the story. And now <laughs> the data. Yeah, no, I, I think- Or maybe you do. Yeah, I, I think it's really easy, actually. If you just think about it, like how your mom or dad or your grandpa or grandma might do it, you know? What is the simplest road to introducing that data? All you're now doing- is justifying that emotional appeal that you've got your person already bought into, hooked into. And I think this is a good time to say uh, there's two real rules that I live by, especially starting with the ABT and your storytelling. Number one, your story is not about you. It's not about your brand. Nobody actually cares about you and your brand. I hate to tell you that. (laughs) Your product or service, (laughs) they care about themselves, what's in it for me. So you always want to place your audience at the center of the story. You play that more role, more important role as mentor or guide. You're going to help them get what they want. The second rule, Elizabeth, is this. Your story is not about what you make, but what you make happen in their lives. Mm. Outcomes over offering. People in business often get caught up with We have the coolest widget ever. We came up with the greatest code ever. We've got the most rocking little product thing ever. Nobody cares. They only care about what it will do for them (laughs) in their life. So you're going to tell stories that demonstrate the outcome and your product or service is just the vehicle that transports them to that outcome. So that's the first thing I say. When you use this ABT, 
First, to set up the problem-solution dynamic, a singular narrative. You're solving for only one thing in this case. And then you roll out that emotional story. You've got them really leaning in and say, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. And you say, you know, and here, here are the numbers. Here's how we measure the outcome of this. And that's where you just naturally then roll in the numbers, but you have placed them in the context of a story. Your audience can picture what's going on. Think about it this way. What is the first syllable in the word numbers? None. <laughs> yeah. They mean absolutely nothing to our limbic brain unless we place them in the context of a story. Also think about it this way. If you go into the hospital and there's a loved one that's like, you know, in the emergency ward and it's the first time they've let you see them and you go racing in, do you go immediately to their EKG heart monitor and look at all the data and look at the beep, beep, beep and try to understand their sugar levels and what their brain activity is? Do you do that? No, you go by their side, you grab their hand, you look into their eyes, you may give them an embrace. So story is the same way. You want to embrace your audience with that human contextual story so that they can understand, they can picture, they can remember what it is, you know, that, that, that you were trying to sell them, to get them to buy into, to understand. And then when you have them there, they level up into like, okay, Park, boy, that seems pretty good. Let me show you the data or let me show you how we measure the outcomes or let me in that you roll out the numbers because now the number, and that's only if you have to, sometimes it's like, ah, okay, what do we do next? You know what I mean? But when we lead with numbers and data, we are doing ourselves a tremendous disservice and we're actually pissing off that brain sitting across from, us, across from us embedded in that prospect because the brain doesn't know what the hell you're talking about and it's just going to make up a story. That, that makes so much sense. And I think what I'm hearing from you is in the actual story, you're sharing enough detail in the therefore part mm -hmm. that the data is then just backing that up. And it can be really easy to think the therefore is just the, and they were very happy, <laughs> right? But if the therefore is, and they saw their error rates decrease by 45%, you've got the data in the therefore. And if you, if you share enough, you know, this was a company and they were really concerned about error rates. It, it was, it was costing them a lot of money. They were throwing out all kinds of product. They, they realized the environmental impact and the cost impact was just incredibly challenging for them. And they implemented our solution, whatever it might be, and their error rate dropped 45%. And they were able to, you know, have 3.5 fewer tons, whatever it might be. It, you're actually able to pull data into a story yeah. and make it, you know, as opposed to just, and, and they were very happy with it or and, and it worked very well. And I think some rigor around, first of all, can minor amounts of data, a single mm -hmm. good number, be right in the story. So you're, you're getting the best of both worlds. Or can you at least share enough detail that then if you pull up a case study or you pull up a, an example, it's going to match the elements of the story that they heard, where you're going to say, look, I mentioned that they had a lot of waste. Here's how much waste. 
I mentioned that they were they were seeing significant um, slowdowns in their process. Here's here's the documentation of that, and here's how we sped it up, as opposed to just here's a table. Look at the beautiful table, <laughs> and yeah. it it's really as soon as you have that context, you look at a table and you're like, oh yeah. And it, there's certainly some work that can be done in making it pretty and making it clear what people should focus on, reducing extraneous data. But the the context that you have first really does drive a completely different experience of looking at numbers and data. Yeah, absolutely. So let me sh- let me do the one-two punch with you right here, Elizabeth. We all in sales and marketing are you know do a lot of marketing online and social media like LinkedIn and Facebook can be a tremendous place for us to draw attention but it quite often doesn't work for us because we're using non-narrative content. Therefore, imagine if you could increase your engagement rate by 400% simply by using three words. For instance, March of last year of 2022, I was contacted by Kari Nelson over at Trimble. Trimble, since the early 1970s, has been a global SaaS provider to the heavy construction and agricultural industries, a very large company out of Denver. They had me come in and I worked with their sales and marketing team in my hybrid, both virtual and in-person training and taught them about the end, but therefore the five primal elements of story. In April, she said, would you work with my five teams in five different countries that are doing our LinkedIn campaign and help us ABT5 these, you know, our content? I said, absolutely. So working Germany, France, uh, France, Benelux, Netherlands, U.S., and there was one more in there I can't recall at the moment. I simply took the content that they had already created, didn't have to rewrite it a tremendous amount. I just reordered it using the and, but therefore, because so much of it was non-narrative and, 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 and. There was no hook to it. I can tell you after this A-B test from March to April, their engagement increased by 400%. In fact, from France, it went from just over 3% engagement in their um, LinkedIn to 17%. To me, that is not only an anecdotal ROI, but something that you can point to and say, look, at we increased their engagement across four different countries or five different countries by an average of 400%. And the only thing they did differently was to reorder their content using the ad, but therefore. So what I just did right there is I used an ABT to set up the premise of my message. And then I came back and I used the five primal elements of a short story to support my ABT. And I even sprinkled in, you know, a little bit of data in there, the 400% increase, even the three words, you know, led to 400% increase in engagement. I gave you a timestamp. That is element number one. I said, March of, of last year, I even reiterated March, 2022. I do that because that ignites the limbic brain to pay attention and says, oh, Mark is telling me a story because he started in a particular point in time. That means something must have happened that I better pay attention to so I know what to do in case it ever happens to me. Then I used the location step I told you was in Denver, Colorado. So you could picture Denver, Colorado. Now I'm firing up the theater of the mind in your subconscious, the limbic system. 
Then element number three is I'm introducing you to one singular character, Kari Nelson. Our brain doesn't care about two people. It doesn't care about a team, a group of people, an organization or a brand. It is only interested in what happened to one individual. And then by proxy, that represents the rest of the brand. So that's my setup. That's my and part of my five primal elements. When did it happen? Where did it happen? Who did it happen to? And what was it that she was hoping to gain? The but then comes in in this action and surprise. Action slash surprise is element number four. So what went down? We did this A-B testing to test, you know, to check it out five different countries. And wow, this most amazing, surprising outcome was we were able to increase it by over 400% in just that one month in simple A-B testing, which leads to the fifth aha element is I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> this ABT <laughs> really, really works. So sometimes you have to really spell out what your moral of your story is. Or you can leave it to your audience to really engage in that story and say, geez, Park, this thing really works. How can I learn more? How do, how do I do this myself? <laughs> so that is an example of using an ABT to set it up and then giving you a little anecdotal story to pay it off. That, that makes so much sense and, and really just comes to life. And what you said, I can tell that you've really just internalized this model and you consistently use it over the course of the conversation. I'd be interested almost in, in listening back and hearing how many of the things that you've said, even when not giving specific examples, have used this framework. That's oh, I amazing. know. Here's the thing I learned too, Elizabeth, in doing it. And everyone can learn it. The ABT is short and sweet, but tricky, meaning you got to practice it. Practice, practice, practice. And email writing is the best place to practice it because you already got to write these emails. So the next time you're writing an email, start one using an ABT, you're going to find it will be one third the length it normally is. You will already have a built-in call to action and you're there for in that email and you're going to get way more response to it. People won't be ghosting you or blowing you off as much as they have before. And you practice it. It builds this narrative intuition. The biggest thing I learned about the ABT when I listen to myself when I'm speaking, if I start boring myself, <laughs> that means I'm really boring my audience. It means I got to have a plot twist. I got to throw a butt in there. And so I look for places where I don't go on and on and on with my exposition. I give myself one or two ands and that's it. But here's what we're solving for to keep this story progression moving, to keep your audience listening in. If you don't do that, you will lose them immediately. You're going to lose that subconscious brain and it's going to go off somewhere else. It's going to stop paying attention. We're going to have to start winding down, but I do have one question based on what you just said. If you needed to have a communication that was perhaps a bit longer, would you go and, but, therefore, and, but, therefore, or could you go and, but, and, but, therefore, and the therefore addresses both of them? No, that gets confusing. So you can't go okay. and, but, and, but, because now you're dealing with two narratives and I want you to always boil yep. it down to one narrative. But what does work, and we call this, it's a fabulous question, Elizabeth. We call this a nested ABT and you will see it everywhere. If you go to, I have a dream speech, now that you know about the and, but, therefore, watch for it. You will see that Martin Luther King embedded it through this structure throughout the entire speech. Even if the but isn't there, you can see where the, the story dynamic is there. Here's the important thing to know, too. He did not know anything about the ABT. Lincoln knew nothing about the ABT. They're, 
were just gifted intuitive storytellers. Everybody listening to this is an intuitive storyteller by virtue of being a homo sapien. We are all storytelling monkeys, basically. We are primates out there, and we get through the world by telling each other stories. Um, I want you to evolve from being intuitive, where you're winging it half the time, to becoming an intentional storyteller using the and but therefore. And you will find it will absolutely revolutionize your communications, but you're going to have to practice it. It's going to take four to six weeks to really get it ingrained so that it starts becoming natural to you. And that only works if you're using it every single day and actually sharing with other people the ABT and how to do it. Absolutely. Thank you for that that clarification. I think that's that's really important for our listeners. All right. A question I always like to ask our guests is what trends are you keeping an eye on as you look toward the rest of this year? AI. That's the number one trend I'm looking at because I'm trying to decide can you do ABTs and AI, you know, it, with AI, it sure seems like it would be able to do that. And we've played with it a little bit already. And of course, this chat, what is it, GPT or whatever, whatever that acronym is, um, Elon Musk's chat bot is really remarkable. I've been playing with that quite a bit. And it is good for a lot of long form writing and blog post writing and whatever. The one thing that I feel like, well, the one major thing that it doesn't have is the humanity to it. It doesn't know really when to mix things up. Now, it's not, in a, that's not to say it's not going to get there very quickly, but I am just keeping an eye on AI for two reasons. Number one, it will be help you be you know, more productive, I think, in pushing stuff out, but I'm wondering if it's going to degrade our skills actually in communication one-on-one, kind of like we've already seen the digital world has degraded a lot of people's skills to sit across from someone, look them in the eye, and have that human connection with them. I've already seen that in my career, and I've been doing this an awful long time, almost four decades. I've seen a pronounced change in that. My biggest concern, kind of like those big fat people floating around in space in the the Wall-E animated Pixar movie, you know, where they just Mm -hmm. give all of their agency over to technology and become big blobs. I fear that AI could have that impact on a lot of people to make them to stop thinking, stop thinking in narratives, stop thinking, you know, writing um, and being that storytelling monkey that we all are by just simply relegating it over to AI and not putting in the work to do it right. So that is the trend at the top of my mind right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What are some resources that you could recommend to our listeners? things that maybe have helped you along the way. I'm glad you asked. So I've got a special for your listeners and I've got a landing page that will be specially set up for them. If they go to businessofstory.com forward slash LTS, that's for Let's Talk Sales. Businessofstory.com forward slash LTS. There they can download a free copy of my book, The Narrative Gym for Business, which I co-wrote with Dr. Randy Olson. It's a 75-page guide on how to use the ABT in all of your business sales and marketing communications. They can download a book there, and they can get 30% off my online course, which is a one-hour, it's a quick online course called the ABTs of Agile Communications, and I will take your listeners through three 20-minute modules. There's a video in there where they then start crafting their ABTs. 
Now, here's the thing. A lot of your listeners are like, dude, it's only three words. I think I got it. You did a good job explaining it. I'm going to go and start writing my ABTs. I say, do that. But again, it's short and sweet, but tricky. You got to practice this stuff. And if you really want to take a deeper dive into the ABT 201 and ABT 301 with all kinds of examples of it being used in the sales and marketing world, then check out that course. And again, you'll find it over at businessofstory.com forward slash LTS for Let's Talk Sales, 30% discount for you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Um, I definitely agree. I, I love that you shared a model that people can try on their own, but sometimes you really just need to either talk to a person or, or take a deeper dive through some training that's available. If listeners want to learn more about you and your work, is there anywhere else that they should find you in addition to that link? Yeah, you know, um, tune in every Monday. I have a new guest on from around the world that uses storytelling in one way, shape, or form in sales, marketing, and organizational communications. I've been at it for seven and a half years. Feedspot named us the number one business storytelling podcast for 2022. So, Elizabeth, I'm a seven-year overnight success in Feedspot's eyes. <laughs> and, uh, of course, people can uh, track me down on LinkedIn. My name is Park, P-A-R-K, Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L. About the only one there on LinkedIn, I think. So come on over and we can connect there. And of course, there's the website, businessofstory.com. Perfect. Yeah, nice to have a unique name. I would say mine is not so terribly unique, but such is life. <laughs> All right. It's Thank a beautiful you so, name, so much for joining me today, Park. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Ah, thank you so much. And the one last thing I'd leave with you and your listeners is, as you are becoming a more compelling and confident storyteller, just remember that the most potent story you'll ever tell is the story you tell yourself. So make sure that's a great one. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Great way to, to leave us. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 370. 